0: Welcome in, everybody, to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burnt Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content at com. Before we get started, I'd love to remind you, if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a ton there with visibility. Share this with your friends, your coworkers, wherever you found it. Uh, let them know, hey, you like Texas Longhorn sports, check this podcast out. They are pretty insightful and kind of funny so check them out they do a good job uh so my name is Gerald Goodrich I'm your host this week and I'm joined this week by my good friend a man who's 10 months pregnant or something he's past due Kyle Carpenter Kyle how you
1: doing (laughs) that's I have reactions to that but uh we'll talk off air I'm doing good um I am I am in my final tribe or first trimester of the week it's uh it's a Monday we're doing this and uh and I am ready to talk a little longhorn basketball etc man how are you I'm
0: good that was not a comment on physical fitness but more on how Kyle is a man who is always ready to just go like he's mm. just ready he's always ready mm. to go and I appreciate that about him
1: all right well I will try to uh I'll try to discharge some knowledge tonight
0: so we're gonna talk a bit of texas basketball they had another one of our jekyll and hyde weeks so we'll dive into that uh we have an interview with uh cody daniel good friend of mine and my boss which i remark at least once if not twice during the interview uh and we also will talk a little bit at the end of some bang the drum kyle 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 Last week, we thought they'd turn the corner. They won both games between the shows that we recorded. Texas (laughs) comes out. They have a rematch with Tech in Lubbock, which is not uh, not an easy place to play. I mean, like we said, Lubbock is tough to play. Uh, And maybe got some home cooking for the refs. We'll talk about that maybe in a little bit. But Texas wins. Went into halftime down seven points, only shooting a, a cool uh, 33 from the floor in the second half. They were down by as much as 12. I uh, had it tied late in the game, uh, took it to overtime. And then uh, Keenan Evans went ISO at the top of the key. It looked like that spot where everybody, like, proclaims Michael Jordan is the greatest and everybody totally pushed off. Uh, yes. Keenan Evans totally pushed off and uh, scored the game-winning bucket as time expired to beat the Texas Longhorns 73-71. to 71. So, Kyle, what happened? Texas had the recipe on how to beat Tech. They had a shot late and just couldn't get it done. What, what happened?
1: Man, I hate to be a refs guy. There are a few things in sports that I, l- I like less than the fan that is the refs guy. If anyone listens to this podcast and routinely, you know, blames everything that has ever become a uh, woe to their team on the refs, then you, you may not be the, the audience that I'm looking for. I want guys who understand why teams succeed and why they fail and listen to this for all those hot takes. But that said, there are times when refereeing needs to be discussed. I hate to start off with that, but uh, this was as angry as I've been with a crew since probably like that Oklahoma state, uh, Texas football game a couple years ago. Um, that, uh, that set Scipio Tex the, uh, the barking carnival, um, and in general, Texas football rider into just like a vitriolic meltdown. Um, and, and also Texas is I think greatest moment of that season. But, uh, but this was, eh, this was tough. Texas had what three, three players fell out. Um, I hate to be a refs guy, so I'm just gonna leave it at that, that the refs are a part of the equation of this game. That being said, Texas basketball needs to win in spite of obstacles to to be what we think they can be. What a what a realized, you know, full potential team this can be. Um this is a weird year. We've said it before. They have ob- obstacles like no other team really has. Um Again, with, with everything going on with, with Andrew Jones, and our hearts go out to that guy, but this is just like a team that's that's been through some stuff, overcome some stuff, um, so I, I would have loved to see them overcome what was, in my opinion, a, a unbelievably questionable uh, officiating performance um, from the Big 12 uh, Texas Tech chapter, but... Um, Outside of that, uh, there was just some some old some old uh, tropes that popped up in this game. Uh, it was a Big Twelve road game against a very good team, a team who right now actually is first place in the Big Twelve, um, a team who is probably going to get like a three seed in the in the tournament. Um, you know, depending how they finish out the year, uh, a really really good Texas Tech team, um, a, a team who t- who UT beat. But again, the Big Twelve this year on the road is the hardest thing to do teams are are winning at home and um, one of the things that popped up was the free throws they were 50% they were 13 for 26 Um, and I you know hate to call a guy out but there was three big misses late in regulation from Matt Coleman who's a dude who I've you know spent a lot of time and air on this podcast praising because I love him but this was not uh, this was not his night Um, you know in tech hit theirs so when a game this close, and a game that goes to overtime, in a game that ultimately you know is won by uh, a Texas Tech player getting a Jordan, you know, ask Byron Russell no call, um, you know, I, the free throw has made the difference. So I hate to see that. Um, I hate that this game, when we look at it. It's tough. I feel better when we talk about what happened the rest of the week. It, it made me feel a little better, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because this game is is worth breaking down and giving a little analysis to. Um, but I do think when you kind of you kind of zoom out a little and look holistically, um, you know, since the really kind of what the heck happened Oklahoma State loss, um, they beat Tech, they lost to West Virginia, which was just a terrible loss. But in Morgantown, uh, they really came out and looked like a good team against Iowa State and Ole Miss. They played this Tech team right down to the wire, could have been a victory, and then, you know, had, as we'll say, a good game against Oklahoma. It it gives you a sense of of this Texas team maybe turning a corner, even though they didn't win this game, and even though they probably could have and maybe should have won this game, and and there was a lot of times when it looked like they might actually end up winning this game. Uh it makes you feel okay about where Texas is in the, in the sense that they're right in there. They're right in there with what, again, like I said, is a probably three seed in the tournament, the, uh, you know, one of the better teams in, in the country this year. And we're, we're sitting here talking about how they should have won it. So what did, what did you come away from the tech game feeling?
0: Well, yeah, I, I echo a lot of that. And you know, you can complain about the refs all you want, but when you get to the line, you have to hit them. Like if you're not getting to the line at the same rate as the other team, you have to be able to hit your shots. Yeah. Like, and, yeah, there was not an, ele- like an 11 free throw differential between the two teams, but you only hit half of them. So yeah. you hit three more of those, and anybody, not just Coleman, because you know what? It shouldn't have been on, on Matt Coleman to hit those three free throws. I mean, he's not the only player that missed free throws. Uh, Snoop Roach missed two. Uh, mm-hmm. Big O missed two. Uh, Eric Davis missed one Jericho Sims coming off the bench missed two it's like you know Royce Ham, his only attempt from the floor and his two free throws he was 0 for on the night so uh, you can't really put it all on Coleman yes he had a shot to ice the game uh, but he's a young guy and you know what sometimes you're going to come up big and sometimes you're going to miss him and that's what makes us great is how we respond and, and that kind of transitions us now to the next game and and responses so uh, Texas had a shot to uh, to come out and play arch-rival Oklahoma at home, to kind of bounce back, playing another ranked team. So lost to the ranked team on the road. They came back to the Frank Irwin Center college game day crowd on a Saturday, and Texas came out and responded. They were not ready to let one loss beat them twice. Uh, and specifically, Matt Coleman jumped out and really did his thing. And honestly, I almost turned this game off in the first half. Like, it was just yeah. not – it was not a good look. It you know OU cracked off like a, an eight zero run, you know halfway through the first half and put it out to a big lead. And they just kept. You know Texas would battle back, and then OU would put it out in front. Uh, and then the second half, it just looked like Texas was was I don't know what was going on through the first part of the second half. So I guess what would equate to the third quarter of a basketball game. Uh, it was it was weird. Texas didn't really seem to uh, be in it, but then with you know, seven minutes left, Texas scores 11 straight to take a four-point lead. And they just kind of cruised from there. They closed the game out on a 20-8 to eight run. Uh, I was in the living room. Uh, I was in my living room painting watching the game on my phone because we had to unplug the router to paint. So i watching the game on my phone, getting hyped. It was a good time. Uh, Matt Coleman, we talked about him. Yep. Guy goes from uh, the goat to the hero, from the goat to, a, I guess, a different goat. Uh, makes all his free throws. Eight for thirteen from the floor leads the team with twenty-two points. Uh, had a great game. Snoop Roach again was on yep. nineteen points. He's becoming one of the most consistent guys on the team.
1: I love that. At, yeah. Know, af-
0: after an up and down start, he's becoming you know one of the more consistent guys on the team.
1: Yeah, you look at you look at his week when we said this team wasn't completely even. You you could say that about any player on the roster except Snoop Roach, a guy who finished with uh, twenty points against uh, against Tech, and then I think twenty. 20- Two or 19, 19 against uh, OU. So, I mean, a guy who can go out and do that every day. Uh, I actually was having this conversation earlier tonight with someone who's a Texas fan and uh, wanted to kind of talk Texas basketball. And, and I was saying, you know, if if we were good last year, and I'll just say it, we weren't Texas basketball, I think Snoop Roach had the talent level um and had the upside and potential in his freshman year as uneven as that may have been that we may not have got a second year of snoop brooch because the dude is is a physical freak and and, uh can be really aggressive on the defensive end and when he gets going can can put some points up um if texas was you know a, a sweet 16 team last year and he's on it he's probably in the pros um I think if he keeps this consistency up, he may be uh, going along with Mobamba uh, to the draft. I would love to see another year of him and just really see him even out his game and maybe become a, a good first-round pick next year. But I think the guy has uh, has all the intangibles, has the NBA Caliber readiness has, um, has the tool. So he's a guy who I'm loving to see this consistency from, and it's it's uh, it's painting the picture for what's next for him. So I love that. Um, while this game was, it was hilarious texting you back and forth, uh, and knowing that you were watching the game on your phone. Now I apologize for blowing you up a couple times. <laughs> no um, there were some exclamation points, I will admit, uh, but uh, I was also frustrated. I was ready to be, you know, just just totally totally upset about this and then you know texas really just reeled me in uh with a beautiful second half that oh that exclamation dunk by Mobamba is one of my like favorite texas basketball plays in in probably five to ten years like just beautiful i loved it um i mean just an overall good game uh ou is a really good team um trey young is a really good player i mean i think if you're a, if you're there's two types of GMs. There's a like GM who likes the flash and will take the big name and, and probably an offensive guy in college whose skills may you know be a little bit questionable at how the direct translation is in in the pros. And uh, if that's the GM that has the the third or fourth pick, then maybe Trey Young goes that high. Then there's the GMs of like a you know a really well run team like the Spurs or the Celtics or something like that, and they're going to look at a guy like Mobamba and say, yeah yeah, keep the numbers down a little bit, keep doing really 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 awesome stuff like seven blocks um, and uh, against Texas Tech or you know um, being very near a, tri- a double double every single night. Keep doing that awesome stuff, but fly just a little bit under the radar. Maybe you slip to 15, you know, 17, somewhere in there, and it's a steal. I I do think Balm will go a little higher than that around the 10 range. But, um, you know, a good team will try to get him. I think he has the more upside, and I think we saw that. Uh, Trey Young, as I said in the show notes, couldn't buy a (laughs) Trey. Um It's T-R-A-E, but also T-R-E-Y. The guy uh, was 2 for 14 from beyond the arc, and OU itself was 3 for 22. So that's a little hesitant. Uh, It makes me feel if if Texas met back up with OU in the Big 12 tournament that OU might play a lot better. Um, Texas was great, but OU was also very bad in stretches. And so I don't know that Texas is necessarily... I didn't walk away. I was so happy, and I loved it. And then the next day as I analyzed and thought more about it, I don't know if I, I walk away feeling like... Texas is inherently the best team. Now, do I walk away feeling like oh, OU sucks? Obviously, it's 10.59 p.m. right now and OU sucks, but uh, I still think, you know, Trey Young gets going, if if OU is firing, that, um, you know, this could be a 50-50 match where whoever's better on that day walks away the, the the victor.
0: Yeah, you say that, but Mo Bamba may have had one of his worst games of the season. He's, That's a great point. He scored 13, 9 rebounds, and his first block of the game didn't come until with 5 minutes left in That's the a game, great point. It's yeah. only block. So you know did, I think you tell you give me that Mobama stat line. Yeah. before the game and I'm like no they get they get blasted out of the arena. So I think you take the good you take the bad.
1: No, that's a, that's a really good point, and I'm glad you said that because I remember us texting saying Bamba looked timid in the first half. And, you know, what we've been saying so many times on this podcast is, Texas, just finish. Find a way to finish. Find a way, whatever it is, whoever the guy is that night, whatever you need, make it work. And in the uh, the later part of the game, like you said, it was Matt Coleman and, and Shaka put the ball in his hands and let him facilitate and let him go and let him take advantage of Trey Young, who, again, while he's a dynamo on the offense, is almost Steve Nash worst NBA defender of all time, bad as a point guard. Um, You know, hot takes coming here on the the Longhorn Republic. But uh, Trey Young is very poor on the defensive end, and uh, the Texas guards were able to take advantage of that. So, so good on Shaka. Good on roach good on you know matt coleman good on the longhorns this felt good texas got a got a win over our rival as we should have and and just let me take a second to to applaud the the texas student section uh it was incredible seeing the video seeing the support i think jay Billis said like this is one of the most incredible atmospheres uh we've had on college game day like good for us you know we get a lot of a lot of guff for being a football school who doesn't take basketball seriously and we're not a you know a top five team in the country but guys came out uh, guys and gals uh, came out, were loud, supported the team, stayed light. You know that I was really proud of our student section. I was really proud they wore orange as well. Really proud of uh, of the of the fans out there tonight, and making the Irwin Center a place that's actually tough to get a win in on the road. I, I love that. That's how it always should be. So uh, let's make this the new era in Texas basketball.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see what that atmosphere does as they you know drop a new arena on campus somewhere, maybe at the wreck next to. Uh, next to DKR as they they said via Twitter this week so that'll be a little bit more intimate of a setting as as CDC said uh, I'm excited to see what this if this trend continues I think if Shaka continues to build and Texas fans see this momentum and they're patient because I'm going to be really honest with you we're not a very patient fan base <laughs> so if they can be patient and have a little bit of a, it takes a little bit to build a program and I think Shaka is at the point where they're competing this year, and they're going to be really, really good next year.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree, and uh, and I think they're their tournament team this year. I think they play like they just kind of 500, play exactly like they're expected to. They, they sneak in with like an 8 or 9 seed this year, build on that momentum. Uh, they have a good recruiting class. Uh, Shaka's going nowhere, uh, thank God. Um, and, and this is a Texas team that puts some roots down and has a foundation to grow on, and I'm excited to see where this program is headed over the next two to three. So now guys, we have a special treat
0: for you. Cody Daniel, my boss uh, from burnt origination is joining us today to talk a little national signing day. We are uh, at the time of posting probably about 24 hours out from seeing those letters of intent come flying in. So Cody, thank you so much for taking some time out to, uh, to hang out with us tonight. Yeah, no problem, man. It's a pleasure. I'm glad to be on here. Awesome. So, Let's just jump right in. It's been kind of a wild 2018 recruiting cycle for Texas. Uh, They got a massive number of uh, of signings on the early signing period, but there's still some big names out there. So, so who is Texas targeting as
2: the last kind of couple of hours of of recruiting for 2018 ticks down? Well, it it seems like the last bit is just filling along both sides of the line because. I mean, obviously, the skill positions are where they need to be. Um, Tommy Bush is a name you might obviously want to keep an eye out for just because that Texas is trying to make a late push. But everything else is pretty much interior linemen on both sides, like Joseph Asai, who's pretty much a lock to Texas. Murrow Jomo, same thing, pretty much a lock to Texas. Um, I'm hearing the same thing about Andrew Parker, the flip from Kansas. And pretty much those are the guys. Vernon Jackson's a name that, that people are still tossing out and nobody really knows where he's going to go. But I was reading earlier that it looks like A&M is the spot. So pretty much Texas is just filling out the line, obviously, calvin anderson as well he's a big one that they have to get but being a grad transfer i'm pretty sure he can take his time not have to actually decide until the summer
0: yeah and so there's a name you talk about offensive line uh keandre coburn is still out there he didn't he chose not to sign with the early signing period and so uh fan you know they're OU fans that on twitter saying he's gonna flip you've got texas
2: fans saying don't worry what is your what's your read on that situation um i think he's just building suspense um everything i've seen is is him sticking but like the the Taking the Texas out of his Twitter, like stuff like that is small, but it's like, all right, what possessed this kid to to want to do something like that? And I don't think Oklahoma would be the threat. I wouldn't be surprised with Miami just because of the, the defensive culture, Manny Diaz, former Texas guys out there building. But everything I've seen is that's too far from home for him to go. And I, I think when it's all said and done, I mean, he'll create some, uh, some mystique around it, but I think he'll end up being a longhorn.
0: Yeah, it feels a little bit like that—that girl you're dating that may not get off of Tinder even after you guys have made it official. It's what it feels like to me. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm just yeah, going you many get a times. ring out. I'm gonna
2: still talk to people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh so tech like you said offensive line defensive line seems to be the the big areas of focus. So do you see any of these guys in the second round of wave, you know, the the first wave had all the big names, the guys that are probably going to come in and play early. Do you see any of these guys uh in the second wave
2: of signing day uh contributing big for for Texas in the 2018 season? Um contributing big, I would say no other than if Texas does land Calvin Anderson because he's the kind of guy who like immediately comes in and starts in place of Connor Williams. But other guys, I mean, I think – they they might see some time in the two deep, especially if Texas goes through some attrition. But I wouldn't say any of the the interior guys are like day one impact contributors. But you you never know with how guys progress and, and how attrition hits.
0: Yeah, you see a kid that hits a, a a NCAA nutrition program, they hit a weight program, and somebody sprouts up a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see. So you know, for years, and I was I'm I'm guilty of this as well. Fans had the Mac Brown. Everything's kind of tied up before national signing day. And then under, under Charlie strong, we got a couple of surprises. So should fans really suspect any uh, surprises coming into national signing day in a couple of days? Um, I wouldn't say
2: expect, but there's 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 reason to to feel a little optimistic because there's a very good chance that Texas could walk away with one of, if not both, of Vernon Jackson and Tommy Bush. And I'm saying, like I said, that's I wouldn't expect that to happen, but it's quite possible that both do become Longhorns. But with the, with the way Tom Herman wrapped up the class, it was not quite as early as Mac Brown used to do it. But getting most of your guys on by the start of the football season, it kind of takes the suspense out of how Charlie Strong used to do it, where. Ten or twelve guys are committing on signing day. It was it
0: was fun for me to watch ESPN those mornings. Though uh, you mentioned you mentioned Tommy Bush. You know, Kyle and I have gone on record. We're not shy about ripping our hometown. Uh, so what what is the what is the likelihood that Texas
2: lands uh, a Clemens grad of Tommy Bush? Personally, I think I would put it at about. 60% right now I mean he has ties to Texas his mother's UT grad he loves the program he's been around it a lot and I think it's just mentally him getting over that gap in connection that happened in the fall when Texas kind of fell off and then obviously like when when I spoke to him on a couple occasions he was pretty disappointed that Texas was one of his very last offers so I think whatever happened in that visit yesterday if Texas can can sell him on a hey like we screwed up you're a guy we want but I'd put it at about 60% because he does want to stay a little bit closer to home now. And, and he looked good in that icy white uniform. That's I'm just saying, like, that's a good look for him. And he's a guy that a lot of people don't realize how good he actually is. But he played in such a such a run-dominant offense. And almost every time they give him the ball, he makes plays. But his stats just aren't as appealing to the, the casual fan because he's not hauling in 13 1,400 yards a year.
0: Yeah, it's
2: it's been a run-first offense since Kyle and I played at, at Clemens, so I, some things never change. Uh, then it blows my mind that you have a kid with over 45 offers and schools like Bama and Florida State have offered them, and, and you're handing off to a, a tiny little running back, but it, it worked <laughs> for them. They were pretty solid this season. Yeah, they made a, they made a deep run, which is always good to see. So... Uh,
0: Of all the, all the big names, Texas got, you know, it's no secret. Texas got all the top guys from, from the state. Uh, they've got, they've got guys on both sides of the ball. They've got skill position. They've got, uh, the, what I think are still skill positions in the trenches. Uh, are there any areas you feel like Texas may, you know, with still 24 hours ago have missed? For this next uh, recruiting cycle,
2: um, I wouldn't say necessarily miss on like positions, especially if the the class finishes the way they're expecting it to, with guys like Anderson, Asayo, Jomo, stuff like that. But I think when you look at this cycle, there's going to be players that you're like, wow, Texas could have really bolstered its class by by adding them. I mean, Tatum flipping back to Oklahoma that was kind of expected, but I mean, Ronnie Perkins was a huge miss. Jalen Waddle was a guy that they just weren't able to get on campus for an official visit, and and he's nothing short of a superstar in the making that. Like at the, at the U.S. Army all american game he was by far the best receiver out there torching all american cornerbacks so i think when it, when it comes down to this it's going to be texas looking back at man we really missed out on some some single-handed stars instead of hey, like our, our defensive line class wasn't very good or something like that i love it i love it so if you could go back and flip one guy for
0: texas i kind of throw this one at you uh from this cycle we'll be the one guy really the one guy that you think
2: uh texas should have closed on that they couldn't have this cycle I would have to go with Ronnie Perkins, just being that elite, uh, I believe he's a strong side defensive end, somebody to come in and and, and replace Malcolm Roach. But he's just an, an absolute beast in the trenches, like a, a day one contributor who is probably going to make some plays in the Red River shootout next year. And just Oklahoma blew him away on that visit, and Texas didn't really get a last save, but he's one that, that Texas will regret missing on.
0: Awesome. Well, Cody, thank you so much, man, for carving some time out to uh... – To talk, man, I'm excited to see what National Signing Day ends up as. And then uh, the the calendar flips on Thursday. We start looking at 2019. So we'll we'll have you back on maybe sometime over the summer to talk 2019 and what Texas needs to get done.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate it. It's been fun. Awesome. Thank you, Cody. Yeah, no problem, man. So on that same
0: vein – The NFL Combine invites are are trickling out. The official list hasn't been released, but players are uh, posting on Twitter or, you know, reporters are finding out. So there's a bit of a surprise in the Longhorn camp. Uh, You know, obviously you'll see Malik Jefferson get an invite, Connor Williams get an invite. But Chris Warren, transfer man himself, Chris Warren, got uh, an invite. And Puna Ford, our guy... A little bit of a snub. He he hasn't been invited to the combine. So Kyle, let's let's backtrack. So is the Warren invite surprising to you? And why do you think a guy like you know Chris Warren, who who um, you know was initially looking at transferring, is now going to the NBA? Uh, not the a guy like Chris Warren, who was once looking to transfer, is now looking at the NFL. What
1: what does he have to prove at the combine? The Chris Warren saga is one of the most bizarre things I've seen. Like. Uh, we all agreed that running back may not be in his future in the NFL. Transferring to another school where he had a chance to be a running back may be a long shot, but getting kind of more re- reps at other positions, continuing to work on his pass catching, and, and stuff would be good for him. Um, obviously, the transfers, for whatever reason, if they weren't there or what, uh, ended up not being the direction he went, and and he goes the NFL route. Uh, and getting the combine invite, I almost wonder if it's just more speculative. Like, what is it? Let's see what this guy has. How fast is he actually how big is he because a chris warren you know on a on a good day could be 230 pounds chris warren uh if he's bulking up chris warren if he's you know not, you know had a big mac or two he might be 265 270 you know like truly he's a a big big dude um so maybe it's just that it's nfl really getting a stock of how good this guy is but you ask me right now i would take poona ford at running back over chris warren
0: wow that is uh... hot takes that is, uh, that's that's harsh, man. We, yeah, that's harsh. No, but I, I think it's such a weird thing to me. It really, um, after Puna Ford lights up the the Shrine Bowl, lights up the the Senior Bowl, and he doesn't get an invite. And the thing that excites me about Puna Ford not getting an invite. is – is that I feel like it's gonna put a little bit of a chip on that shoulder because he seems to be kind of a nice guy. You know, I've never had a one-on-one conversation with him, but he seems to be an overall kind of nice, you know, jovial kind of fella. And so I'm, I want to see him take this time between now and Texas's pro day seriously and just blow the doors off of that workout. Yeah. Um, and then you know, get let let the GM sleep on him, draft him in the third round. And make everybody look silly. Like he is to me. He may not have the size, but he he's beating guys that are going to be NFL linemen in these senior yeah. bowls, in the Shrine Bowl. He's beating guys that are going to be NFL linemen. So I'm not sure how that doesn't equate to success in the NFL. And again, I'm not a scout. That's not my skill set. But I have seen him again beat guys play in and play out and have the highest motor I've seen in an offensive lineman in a long, long time.
1: Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> you know, I just imagine if Ozzie Newsom is still with the Ravens in, in that draft room or, or a Belichick, uh, you know, if he's there in the second round, I just watch their their grin, just, you know, like a, a Cheshire cat spreading across their face, just like, you idiots, you let us do it again. And I just see him being like a 10 year NFL player that maybe makes four or five, you know, two or three, whatever, Pro Bowls, and is just an anchor of a defense and is so good and frees up linebackers to be like, how does Malik keep getting open shots on people? How does Ray Lewis keep making 28 tackles a game? Well, when you have dudes like Puna who will eat up blocks, scare running backs out of their, their their hole that they're assigned to, and just be a general nuisance and a general pain in the entire uh, offensive scheme, those guys are worth their weight in gold. So I'm not, I'm not sleeping on Puna. I hope other people do. I want him to keep that chip. I love it. I love it. So, Kyle, that brings us
0: to uh, our favorite part of the show where we honor Big Bertha, one of our favorite traditions,
1: and bang the drum. So, Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? I'm banging the drum on follicle follies. I'm banging the drum on <laughs> <laughs> on some of the some of the best uh, quaffing I've seen. Is it quaffing? Quaffing, quaffing I believe. Um, I've seen uh, on the Forty Acres in some time. Um, you know, coming out like a mid two thousands uh, degeneration X wrestler um, road dog or. Or Will Ferrell in the, I believe, like one and a half star on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, hit film Get Hard, or maybe even a if you remember back to your Texas Legends Brian Robeson uh, in wow. an off season with the uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, uh, our boy, good friend of the pod, always listener, thanks for listening, Dylan, Dylan Osikowski, um, if he doesn't listen to the show, someone send this to him, please, uh, comes out. Rocking just some unbelievable uh, dreads, you know, on the same week that that, uh, Justin Timberlake, another former uh, brave dread rocker, um, played the Super Bowl. He came out and pulled it off, and he never looked, you know, self-conscious in his own hair. Uh, The guy just, you know, went out there in the year 2018 self-seriously and wore some white man cornrows. And for that, I tipped my hat. I uh, I I bow my my head and all the follicles I have left, I direct them towards you and, and give you good vibes to uh, to keep up the the confidence and the uh, the overall. Just uh, don't give any tootsiness as as you did, Dylan O. You you're, you're my dude of the week.
0: That was a, that was good clean up for radio. No, I I texted you during the game that you know what if he comes out and plays like two thousand and three Allen Iverson, then I'm good like come out and just do something. So, keep the cornrows if you keep putting up hey, he he put up he put up a performance against against OU. 15, 15 and 5 is not bad for Big O. So, I'm I'm okay with that. Keep up the good work, Big Fella. So my, uh, bang the drum this week. So former Texas Longhorn, uh, I, I think it's safe to call him a great. Is it safe to call him a great? Uh, Aaron Williams announced his retirement this, this week via, uh, the Players Tribune, which the Players Tribune is doing some good work, by the way. Uh, yes. so he announced his retirement via the Players Tribune and it was, uh, kind of an emotional, Goodbye for him, because he did, uh, he talked about how he did a lot of growing up in in Buffalo, you know, he didn't really appreciate uh, who and what Buffalo were, was, and he thanked uh, some of the veterans that he played with that were showing him that he's kind of acting like a punk kid, uh, and so he he gave it his all, you know, he had some injuries over the last couple of seasons. And it was really just a well thought out piece he seems to really love the city he seems to really love uh, obviously the game if he played it for you know sixteen seventeen eighteen years at you know counting you know going through school and high school and all that uh, but it was just a really well written really thoughtful um, piece, and it gave you a lot of insight into a man who uh you know, even though he's not a very old man he's you know younger than both of us you know, 26 27 uh who really has spent some time thinking and contemplating you know what does my life mean uh what what do my experiences mean who am I uh, as a man and who do I want to build to be uh, who do I want my my children my grandchildren to know me as so it was really interesting uh so check it out uh, he it was posted on the players tribune uh, about a week ago but it was really good stuff
1: yeah, absolutely. It was, It was. Uh, I mean, people were looking at me at work when I was a little misty-eyed, and I was like, oh, you're dusty in here. I need to get a, get a cleaning crew in here. The dust, it's uh, <clears throat> a little tough. So make sure you read it in a nice, quiet place by yourself because it's a good one. Absolutely.
0: Well, thank you guys so much for listening in uh, again this week. And I would love to remind you, if you like what we do, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Share this with your friends, wherever you found it. Let them know, hey, this is a great Texas Longhorn podcast. These guys are geniuses. They have the best takes. Uh, They do really, really good interviews. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet?
1: Uh, I do my genius thing typically on on Twitter at at Kyle Carpenter. Or again, if you want the more uh, low fi kind of uh, in-person, you can find me at a local Houston Fuddruckers. That's Fuddruckers, uh, world's greatest hamburger. You can find me on Twitter. I am at
0: G.H. Goodridge. You can find the show on Twitter at LonghornPod. You can always shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening in again this weekend. Until next time. Okay, them. them.